At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This podcast is brought to you by TeamTrade, a digital solution that helps you hire, optimize, and retain employees. Using psychometric assessments to identify more than 100 professional mindset traits, it gives instant reports you can use to build high-performing teams. Get two free profiles today, no commitment, no credit card required, at teamtrait.com. Team, T-R-A-I-T Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. You know, there's something to be said for simplifying, Lee, and our guest today is going to teach us not only the benefits of doing that, but how to do it. It's a complicated, messy world, even more so than usual, <laughs> uh, or it has been in the past anyway. Uh, so simplification and, and, and getting some clarity as far as your mission, your purpose, and even just what you're supposed to do tomorrow uh, is absolutely paramount just to keep your sanity, let alone grow your business. That's right. So everybody focus right now for 20 <laughs> minutes with Chris DeGrasso. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. I'm Audrey Strong, Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. And I'm Celie Smith. I'm the CEO and founder of Sales Fuel. That's right. So Krista Grasso is the go-to strategic planning and systems expert for online businesses when they want to scale. Known as the business optimizer, Krista has the ability to quickly cut through the noise and provide clarity on the core things that will make the biggest impact to scale a business simply and sustainably. She is the founder of the Lean Out Method, creator of the Lean Business Scaling System, and host of the Lean Out Your Business podcast. Krista, welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you. So I watched a podcast of yours, somebody else interviewing you, and you talked about this whole company that you started came out of your own business and a bunch of mistakes you made. So do you want to start there and share that? Absolutely. It's, I mean, I think most of our journeys come out of our own learnings in so many ways. And now I'm just so passionate about helping people avoid what I did, which is I scaled my business really, really quickly. And while that sounds great from the outside looking in, from the inside out, it was a hot mess behind the scenes. It's We went from selling a couple hundred products a week to selling several thousand products a day. All of a sudden, things like managing inventory, managing shipping, managing receiving, making sure that we were still able to produce a product at the quality that we expected, get that out and meet the promises that we made with two-day shipping, things of that nature all of a sudden at scale become really hard to do when you don't yet have the systems in place or the foundation in place 
And we were doing this with a very, very small team. So we didn't have the systems in place, nor did we have the team in place to support scaling that quickly. And so in some ways, it was a great problem to have. In other ways, it was incredibly draining, very risky. And we were very fortunate to pull through that and keep our business, keep our reputation and end up with a lot of success. And what some people don't realize is that in a situation like that, you're running so hard, so fast, just just to keep up that you don't have time basically to set time aside for a meeting or a brainstorming session. Say, okay, we need to document a process, a procedure, the way we do things every single time, so that we can be more efficient and you know less running around. And that you don't you don't even have time to do that. You're just trying to get through the day, and you're dog tired, exhausted by the time you get to the end of it. Mm-hmm, completely. <laughs> So would it, I would think throwing more resources at the problem would be my first instinct, but you're saying you need to simplify and lean out. So it seems a little counterintuitive, but explain to us. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, one of the very first things we did was absolutely get support. But one of the other things was just looking really closely at, do we have a sustainably scalable business model? Even if we put the team in place, even if we built these incredible systems to simplify things, did we even have something that was sustainable? And where we were, honestly, we didn't. I had too many products. I approached that business like most businesses do as the creative, as the ideation more is more. Let me just create all the things and put all the things out into the world, which is what so many of us do when we're very passion-fueled or very um, vision or impact-driven. And unfortunately, that in and of itself is typically not very sustainable. It's hard to scale all the things. It's a lot easier and a lot more sustainable to be known for something or a particular category of things, Mm -hmm. a particular category of problems that you solve, depending on your business model, and to really scale that. So one of the first things that we did was we looked at before we go in and start systematizing things, where can we simplify? What can we lean out, i.e. cut the things that either aren't adding value or aren't adding profit? So we looked at what was selling best. Where did we want to carve our own space in the industry, our own kind of niche and what we're known for? And we very aggressively cut everything else and narrowed and leaned that down. Then we went in and looked at, okay, now that we know what we have, how can we make this as simple to deliver, as simple to produce, and still provide an exceptional client experience? And that was where we focused our effort on systems and making sure we had the right team to support that. This reminds me of when Steve Jobs came back to Apple. This is his second time back CEO. And he cut the number of products that Apple was was manufacturing and selling by, I mean, maybe about 70%. I mean, cut it down basically to the four main products from from a wide catalog of products that they sold because they were just all over the place as far as what they were offering and they had to support it with marketing. There just wasn't enough resources to devote to supporting all those products by cutting it down to four, four things that we need to do really well and hit a home run on everything like that. I think that was really the genesis for, for turning that company around. So it really resonates with me what you're saying here. Yeah, I followed that philosophy exactly and didn't realize that that was the philosophy I was following <laughs> until many years later when I heard that story. <laughs> so we, for if, for managers that are listening in the audience, um, what is required of them in a situation like that? And more accountability through the simplification? Like, it should be easier for you to hit whatever your KPIs are, et cetera. Um, 
Yeah, honestly, I think it's managing the emotional side of it because Mm -hmm. leaning out, simplifying down, it sounds so simple in theory. It sounds so no-brainer in theory. It is really hard to do. Companies have attachment to things. Clients have attachment to things. People have attachment to things. And so you're cutting something and it might be the thing that the person loves most that they spent the past two years working on developing. And so a lot of times it's more helping people see the vision, helping people see why these decisions are being made, how it's going to actually help the company be stronger, be more profitable, make a bigger impact, whatever that driving force is for the decisions. Because people do get really attached to things, especially if they've invested so much of themselves in getting it out into the world or making it successful. No one likes to see their product cut, that's for sure. Right. Uh, yeah. So one thing that th- this question is popping in my head is like, how does leaning out differ from leaning in or and how much are they like are the same so i actually came up with lean out before lean in was a thing and so i get asked all the time (laughs) is this you just being a contrarian to lean in and i'm like i have nothing against lean in totally not related at all (laughs) so to me leaning out really is it comes from more lean manufacturing and looking at how can you provide the most possible value and eliminate waste right waste eats away at your profits it causes you to overwork it causes overwhelm it causes unsustainable results so how can we do something that is as valuable to our clients and as valuable to our business with as little waste as possible? And that's really quite different than lean in. (laughs) You talk about um, the use of time and productivity. We love productivity at SalesFuel. So, you know, I'm interested in how I can get back 10 plus hours each week out of my work week. Absolutely. So there are some amazing lean productivity tips that I'm happy to share. But at the end of the day, it always comes back with making sure that you're actually working on the right things. And what I find more often than not is it is so easy to be distracted by all of the things that you could be doing that oftentimes there's more than 10 hours a week per person invested in things that really don't need to be done at all or don't need to be done right now. And so I think the first thing that every business, every manager, every leader really wants clarity on is where are we going long term and what is it that we should be focused on in this next 90 days that's going to support that and making sure that the teams are only focused on those things. That alone will typically give you back more than 10 hours a week. But beyond that, there's a couple really great strategies that I love leveraging, one of which is the concept of stop starting, start finishing. So quite often you come up with all these amazing ideas, you Mm -hmm. kick off a week and everyone's excited and everyone's off doing all the things. The week ends and everyone worked really hard, is really exhausted, and there's a whole lot of things that are left unfinished. And so stop starting, start finishing is finish what you start before you finish something else. So really stay laser focused and look at that from a team perspective, not necessarily from an individual perspective. So what are our top priorities? What's most important? I've finished my work. Can I help somebody else finish something to get that done before I set something else in motion and we end up with a lot of unfinished things? So it ends up moving the business forward a lot quicker, taking you to your results a lot quicker. And if you put that in terms of bringing a product to market, bringing a marketing campaign to market, right? That's real dollars in your business that you're bringing in a lot quicker if you can finish it fully instead of having it drag on because there's too much in progress. 
Early in my management career, I worked for, with somebody, uh, actually I worked for somebody who was the king of new ideas. He would create new things and everything like that. But it's like, he was a great starter, but a horrible finisher. And working <laughs> for somebody like that was exhausting. So what piece of advice do you have for a manager or anybody like that, that, that is working for someone above them or whatever that's great at starting things, but terrible at finishing things? <laughs> that is most entrepreneurial minded person, regardless of <laughs> where you work. Um, honestly, sometimes it's just that the person gets so caught up in the idea that they're just not thinking of the impact of shifting gears to the new thing. So I think it's just simply a reminder and awareness to say, love this idea. Amazing. And this week, this 90 days, this month, whatever the time period is, we've committed to do these things because they're what's going to allow us to do this thing that we all said was the top priority. Is this more important than that? And if it is, what are we cutting? And if you just simply put it back on them to understand and to say, love it, amazing idea. And here's the impact if we shift our gears and do that. Sometimes it really is more important and they will help you make that decision. If nothing else, they're aware of the impact. But often they realize, you know what, why don't we save this and we can look at this in our next whatever time period is. That's a dip diplomatic way of trying to get them to. <laughs> it needs to be it. diplomatic. <laughs> it needs you know, to because be diplomatic. you're talking about somebody's idea. You're talking about somebody's uh, brainchild. So it really yeah. needs to be diplomatic. The other thing, too, is, and I do this all the time, I think we do a terrible job in our schedules of leaving space for innovation. We end up mm. working ourselves so much and filling our schedule so full that we don't have space to explore new ideas. One of the things I always recommend is that people leave 30% open space in their calendar because you have unknown unknowns, you have things that come out of left field that you never saw coming. We tend to estimate very happy path and we kind of forget all the things that could go wrong. And so that 30% buffer is if you will, gives you space to not have to throw out your goals and throw out your targets when life happens and things happen. But it also gives you some space to play and experiment and explore some of those new ideas when they come up without them completely disrupting everything that you've committed to. So you're saying don't be, or even if you're middle management, a seagull manager. Right, where you swoop in, poop all over everything, and then take off. And it just, <laughs> that that just stops everything. It does. Um, so just resist the temptation to do that. And I, Lee, will, I love working for Lee because he says, let's do more of what works and less of what does not work. And he is not a seagull manager because that's a misery if you've ever worked uh, yeah. for one. <laughs> but I have days there where I feel like I'm on the hamster wheel. You know, I have days where I kind of mm. feel like the day is running me and the business is running me. And it's, like, and it's like, I have to try to, you know, get back on top of things, you know, and so sometimes that 30%, you know, if I carve it out or whatever is gone, it feels like it's gone in a, in a heartbeat. So it's like, what would you have recommend, recommendations would you have for an entrepreneur that, you know, sometimes is feeling that way from, from day to day? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that we are so good at is saying yes to things and so terrible at is saying no to things. We are very much addition over subtraction. And I think you do just need to be really discerning and really careful about the things that you commit to and really intentional with where you put your time. And sometimes those things do happen. You feel like you're on the hustle hamster wheel, no matter if you put the best of intentions, the best plan in place, it just kind of happens. But that being said, if you get really good at saying no and trying to to be really discerning with the things that you do commit to and really understanding, does this truly need to be done now? 
is this important that I need to disrupt whatever I had right this moment, right this week, right this month in order to do this? A lot of times that will alleviate some of that feeling and give you some of that time back. So does this need to be done? Does this need to be done right now? And does this need to be done by me? Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, because sometimes it's like delegation. It's like, you know, I don't. Yeah, I, I agree on the top two things or whatever. But it's like I. This is not something that the CEO and entrepreneur, you know, uh, the big boss needs to be working on. There's plenty of other people that are probably more capable of doing it in the organization. Definitely. Yeah, we naturally are problem solvers. So something yeah. lands in our inbox, something lands in our Slack feed, and all of a sudden we feel like we need to do it and we need to do it immediately. And really, if we can just take that pause and ask those questions, a lot of times we don't. I love your phrase, all the things. I want to make all the things and do all the things. And just think of that, Lee. Like, oh, do I need to do all the things? I want to have all the things. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. I'm going to keep that in my my head. You're going to be talking to me in my ear, Krista, after we're done with this. Um, (laughs) Do you want to talk about the messy middle? We've got a few minutes left. Absolutely. So for businesses that are scaling, when you've broken through multi-six figures, so when you're on your path to multi-seven figures or more, and if you're within a company, sometimes this happens as you're bringing a new product to market, right? It's not just the overall revenue of the business, but you end up in a place where things are starting to work. And you end up in that place that I shared in the beginning where sometimes things are starting to work a little bit too well. And all of a sudden you're realizing you need systems, you need team, you need all these things that you feel like you don't really have time for in order to actually be able to move the business forward and not get so sucked into what you're doing that you don't have a life outside of it. And so that is one of the things that I love helping businesses with is really help them recognize how they can get through on the other side. And a lot of that starts with getting really clear on where they want to take things, what the vision is, what their goals are, making sure, as we talked about, that they're really only focusing on the things that they need to be doing right now in support of that so they can alleviate some of the stress and the overwhelm so that they can put those things in place that will get them through and make things a whole lot less messy, which is typically some sort of systems and team to support them. What kind of advice would you give for cutting the cord? So you've created a new idea. Let's go the other direction now. Instead of it working so well and you're kind of caught by surprise and like that, let, let's say that you're, you know, you're pushing that rock uphill, you're pushing that rock uphill, whatever. It's like, you know, you love it, it but it doesn't love you back. It's like, so at what point in time, you know, should it be evident then? It's like, we need to cut the cord on this or whatever. This is not going to do what we think it's going to do. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a technique that I developed that I use for everything, but it works for this as well. And it's called Chuck, cut, hold, change, keep. And I think sometimes we do need to look at our offers. We need to look at what we're doing in the business. And we need to say, is this providing a return on investment from a time, a money and energy perspective? Is this giving us a return? Is it still fulfilling? Is it something that's still providing value from the client perspective? Is it an investment? Is it something meaning like we need to hang on a little bit longer because this one has a long tail and it will pay off if we stick with it? Um, Maybe we're not seeing an immediate ROI, but this is what we expect if we're really honest and we look at it carefully. And so I think you want to look at things across those different lenses. And sometimes you'll find that 
you do, as you said, you may love it, but it's just not, your clients aren't seeing the value in it. The market's not responding in a way where it would make sense financially for the business to keep doing it. And when that happens, it can feel a little scary, but the reality is when you do cut that, you're creating space for the thing that is going to work. And I always go back to 80-20 for that. What are those 20% of things today that are already working, that are already providing value? And how can you optimize and amplify those to offset the thing that you are now going to be cutting. And so I think that's a really great way to approach it. You have something working in your business, right? And so how can you amplify that while you're letting this thing go, creating a plan for doing it in a way where you maintain integrity with any clients that are currently you know, participating in that, and then coming up with what you're going to do next. Sometimes it's just a 5, 15 degree pivot. Sometimes it's really reimagining and doing something completely different. Sort of like trimming the branches on the tree, mm, right? Yeah. So the sun can get through and, and so the things on the ground can grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the gardening analogy. <laughs> That's good. And do you have to have the next idea like in the hopper ready to go when you make the cut? Or do you should you give yourself some of that innovation time you were talking about? You want innovation time. The okay. worst time to ever come up with a great idea is, is when, when you, you need feel to. Pressured to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you felt that, Lee. Well, your website is leanoutmethod.com. What's your preferred way for people to reach out to you, Krista? So if you want to kind of get into my world, you can find me on Instagram. It's Krista Grasso. It's more of my personal account. You'll see more pictures of my dog than anything else. (laughs) But that being said, that's where I kind of like to hang out. So if you have questions, you want to send me a message, ask anything about what we talked about here, that's the place to find me. That's where all the Krista things are. (laughs) All the things. All the things. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Krista. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.